Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? No. Are we there yet? It's Schmanners. I'm your husband host, Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dove. Are you getting hyped, my dear? I am. Getting hyped. Hello, dear. Hello, dear. Hello, dove. Dove, dear. Dear dove. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, listen, here's the thing. We're talking about family vacations. Yes. And next week... Me and Justin and Griffin and Dad are basically going on a McElroy, what I consider to be McElroy 1.0 family vacation, right? Sure. I mean, it's a workcation. It's a workcation. But we get to hang out together, right? So it's like a family vacation. We get to go a bunch of different places together. And this, okay, this isn't part of family vacation, but it also feels like because we're doing this thing where like Dad and I are going to the West Coast, Griffin and Justin are going to East Coast and the South. And then we're meeting up in San Diego Comic-Con. It feels like in a fantasy story where, like, everybody goes on a quest, right, but then ends up meeting together to fight the big final boss. Oh. I'm very excited about it. But then after that, we are then also going on a McElroy Family 2.0 vacation. Yes. With, like, 20 people. To the beach. And so I'm amped up about family vacations. Um, especially, I don't know, I know a little bit about how family vacations have gone, like, in your family. But in my family, like, family vacations are big, like, handhold memories for me. Like, I, you know, they stand out. They're very big, like, um, place, you know, like, markers for me. Where it's like, I can remember, especially, like... My grandmother, Nani, lived in Orlando for many years. So we would go down and, like, go to Disney and, like, do beach stuff all the time. Or also when my dad worked uh, for the radio station, the radio station, like, had a timeshare in uh, Myrtle Beach mm-hmm. that they would – or anyway, somewhere around there. One of those beaches. Yes. Uh, Hilton Head. It was Hilton Head. And they would, like – award it to like super good employees and my dad was a super good employee so we got to go there all the time and like the getting in the car Mm. the drive down Mm -hmm. all the preparation the time there Mm -hmm. was very formative yes i agree i also recall uh trips in the family chrysler minivan yes Mm -hmm. the Uh, the wood-sided van for some reason i didn't have oh really we had a wood-sided van and a wood-sided station wagon at some point (laughs) How a la mode. Yes. It, I, I have, at this point, no idea why. Still no. No, okay. ours was ours was uh, light blue. Uh, Yeah, we have many, many fans. And because they're, here's the thing. So just to get into the nitty gritty of seat arrangements in the minivan with the family, Griffin almost always got the back seat to himself because he was the only one of the three brothers who could actually like sleep. Boom, just like that. Hmm. Like that kid, you're a block away from the house. He's asleep. Hmm. Like, and and he would also sleep with one eye kind of a little bit open, <laughs> and you could see him looking around. And Justin and I would just like stare and like wave our hands to try to see if he was faking it. 
And then most of the time was like Justin and I fighting in like the middle seat or thank God they started putting in like the captain seats in the middle seat area. So we didn't have to like elbow each other and stuff. Mm. Oh, man, that was a huge like improvement in, in family vacations. Well, it was normally me and my younger sister in the middle row and my older sister got the back row because my younger sister and I uh, often got car sick. Oh. So we could not be in the very back. Um, something about being in the back and the wheels and all that kind of stuff made it even worse for us. Ooh. Yeah. See, I the only time I remember sitting in the back, I remember sitting in the back a lot when like everybody else was asleep and I was awake so I could sit back there because I can't read in a car or I can't sleep in a car. And I would sit back there and read and like make eye contact with my dad in the rearview mirror at like, you know, 11 p.m. <laughs> like and wave at him and he'd like nod back because we were the only two ones awake in the car. Uh, but yeah, we used to drive to every vacation. Like I, the, I think, no, we flew to places but only when it was like, it does not make sense for us all to drive at this point. It would be silly. And so we'd fly there. Like I My think- mom tells me stories about flying when I was young. But I my first actual remembrance of flying anywhere was when I was around 18. Oh, really? Yeah. I can remember us flying, I think, once to like New York and to Florida. But like, we just didn't, you know? It just wasn't. Took to the open road. Yeah. Like, my dad really likes driving and really likes doing the car trips. And like I said, uh, for a long time, like, I don't see see it this way because I'm a spoiled brat. And for me, the vacation starts when you get to the place. Mm. But for my family, like, the drive was part of the vacation. Like, you had, you know, uh, entertainment planned for the car. You had, like... Oh, we're going to stop somewhere and get some audio books to listen to the car. We got snacks planned. Oh, where are we going to stop for dinner? Like, that was all part of the plan. Not for me now. (laughs) No. If I could, I would teleport everywhere. (laughs) So, let's talk about family vacations. Okay. So, the idea of vacationing in general probably dates back about 2,000 years. That's a really long time. Yes. I don't know if you know that. That's longer than I've been alive. (laughs) But it it waxes and wanes throughout history because um, travel itself can't really exist for the, you know, the masses. Yes. Unless there's peace and prosperity. Well, I, you know, we, a lot of like the car vacation now, right? You think about like the leisure class, right? Right. You think about like. The middle class of being like, well, we have expendable income. Well, right? even even further back from that, yes. right? So in the Roman Empire, um, there there was actually a kind of like tourism like enterprise because the empire was just so big, right? Mm-hmm. They 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 pretty much owned all the light touches. So I what I like, I think you like I like the reference and everyone understood it. But what you said was they owned all not all that the light touches. You just said they own all the light touches. So like I just pictured Rome going around lightly touching people's shoulders. I'm Rome. Anyway. um, So because you had the protection 
and the peace that comes with a large territory. Um, That's something that they talk about, I think, in like episode one or two of West Wing, where it's like, if you are a Roman citizen, you could walk anywhere in the Roman Empire and just say, I am a Roman citizen and be protected. Is that true? Who knows? Uh, as far as vacations go, yeah. Sure. Yes. Um, because there was the protection granted by this huge swath of land. Gotcha. Um, but then the Dark Ages happened. Oh, I've heard of those. Yeah, lots of war going on. Um, and you, because of the kind of, you know, pillaging lifestyle that a lot of people lived through or <laughs> didn't. Didn't, yeah. Uh, you really couldn't go very far away from where you knew you were protected, right? So that was pretty much, that could be as small as like, the castle courtyard at times uh-huh if you were under siege or wherever the you know your your lord finished their lands okay so then the only way that you really got to travel during the middle ages and and a little bit after was if you were on a religious pilgrimage because those roads were more highly protected than any other roads. That makes a lot of sense. Right. But it really, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say those are like vacations, right? No, I would say, you know what? By definition, no. Because <laughs> isn't a pilgrimage like supposed to be, you know, tough? Like that's the thing is a pilgrimage is like something you prove your devotion by going through it to do not something well, it's you're not like, supposed to be easy i think i think it's supposed to be long for sure <laughs> yeah i don't know man I, listen it's been a long time since i've paid any attention <laughs> to religion but i'm pretty sure that it's not like most of the time when you think of like religious pilgrimage it's not like woo. <laughs> and while we're there we'll hit the water park yeah <laughs> uh so other than that the other way to travel was to become like a sailor Right. That track. But that once again, not easy. Not easy. Um, or if you were affluent enough, you could be sent as an ambassador to another country. Right. For your king. Which is probably the most fun of those three. Probably. Because I, I think once you're there, you just have to like be cool. Right. Um, But even then, we're talking about going to foreign countries. Like. I think it's a thing that's really easy to take for granted these days of like, and I'll just zip over there. Like, right. the chances of dying on your way over were probably pretty high. Um, So then, right, we skip until pr basically the uh, Industrial Revolution, mm -hmm. when the classes really become defined, right? Yes. So we have the working class, we have the middle class, and the upper class. Mm -hmm. The upper class have always had the luxury of travel. Um, they probably had summer homes. Yes. Um, and We've all seen Downton Abbey. <laughs> we know. And things like that. Again, because they had the means to protect themselves. Yes. And, and you know, the other thing, ugh, I can't believe I'm about to defend the upper class but at a time where, like, there was very little, you couldn't, like, put it in a bank and, like, make money, like, and trust that that was going to be fine. You know, like, it, a, a bank wasn't as insured as they are now and all that stuff, that a good investment was property. 
right? So you would buy the summer home, you would buy an estate, you would buy those things because in the event of, you know, economic downturn or whatever or struggles, you could always sell it. Right. Yes. As opposed to if you put your money in a bank and somebody robbed that bank or their bank burned down or whatever, it's like, well, that money's gone. So a lot of this changed in the early 1900s when the worker mentality changed because there was this kind of uh, this flip in the idea that uh, happy workers work better. Right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, And so salaried workers um, a lot of times, especially through the the 1920s, were actually given vacations, like pro- like like you had the timeshare thing, yeah, like right? as, as rewards. So like the company paid for your vacation at their vacation spot. Hmm. Interesting. Right, and the whole idea was because if you got that time off, not only did you have something to look forward to, you also felt refreshed, you worked better afterwards. And you felt probably grateful to the company, you know? Oh, the company Uh, sent us on vacation. How nice of them. Absolutely. Um, And again, this idea of the middle class really boomed after World War II. I mean, Mm. we've talked about this as far as like, the suburban nature oh, yeah. of the of the new American American ideal. Everyone wanted the dream. Right. Everyone wanted the dream. Also, you had these sparkling new highways brought mm-hmm. about uh, a lot by the like the New Deal. Yes. Right. Um, a lot of people when they got back from the war could finally afford a car and yeah. a house. They had financial stability and families. I and mean, families. we had the boom, right? Exactly. We had the baby boomers, right? So it's like. What are we going to do with all these kids? God takes us somewhere. They're driving me nuts. That's right. Um, and the businesses in the U.S. started to try and really capitalize on this. And some people, some historians think that it really starts with the World's Fair, um, where you have these big exhibitions mm-hmm. bringing people from all over. Uh, there's food, there's accommodation, there's things to do, like all this kind of stuff. You've created so, like a, a universal destination, a thing of like, there is a thing here that you don't want to miss. It give you a goal, give you, you know, an X marks the spot kind of deal. Exactly. And if you think about it, places like Disney World are pretty much like permanent world's fairs, 100%, aren't they? 100%, yes. Like they've got a carnival, they've got, you know, food. There, there's and attractions. You attractions, know? exactly. That, it's the reason it's called attractions, because you attract people to it. And it doesn't have to be rides, though that doesn't hurt. It can be, you know, that like, that's one of my favorite things to do uh, now, currently in uh, Epcot. Mm-hmm. They have in the uh, thing of the world a display of like all these like cocoa designs and like the costumes and stuff of it and it's like oh that's really cool but i'm also an old man who doesn't care so much about the rides anymore so much as i'm like this is interesting as i sip a beer (laughs) uh not only do you have these attractions that are man-made but also teddy roosevelt uh, made all these really great national parks that you could go to. Destinations. Destinations, right? And so after World War II, these kind of historic areas started to, you know, there was a lot of 
patriotic pride and to go see the Purple Mountains Majesty yeah, and the, the all of that of business. Grain. Right. Yes. yes. Listen, if you haven't gone to the Grand Canyon, it lives up to it. I, I, we, I went, we did the Max Fun uh, thing there from the rim of the Grand Canyon, and I thought, before I got there, like, this will probably be cool. I was not ready for it. It's my, it is, I'm not being ironic, I'm being completely sincere, majestic. It is <laughs> gigantic and impressive, highly recommend. You know what? I'll say it first. The Grand Canyon, pretty cool. And if you couldn't afford any kind of like luxury lodges, which there are a lot of uh, just on the edge of a lot of these uh, national parks, mm-hmm. you could always go camping. Yep. Um, and if you, you know, this was something that was made kind of part of the American experience with Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts. Yes. So, and we've we've talked a little bit about that too. And you know, I I think we're in about the right era for like Route 66, right? Absolutely. Let's yep. drive across the whole country. Let's like start doing roadside attractions and stands and make, and they started to cater to travelers, you know, more exactly. gas stations along the way, restaurants, pit stops, you know, towns started to spring up around roads that would take you across the country. I'm That's, just saying, we've made yeah. a cross-country trip, uh, well, one, big one, when we moved from Cincinnati to uh, LA, right. a nine-day drive, Oh man! Um, and a lot of it was not on Route 66, but driving like side by side they have now built you know like a lot of new highways are literally like two feet beside route 66 uh and yeah it i mean listen it's a cool drive <laughs> it's, and listen nine days it's a lot wouldn't want to do it with bb now but oh, no it's a cool drive it is driving through the desert it is really cool listen we're going to talk more about family vacations well you know what when we come back Teresa and I will tell you about the first family vacation we took together. But first, here's a thank you note to our sponsors. We would like to thank Zola this week uh, for sponsoring our our show, but also for making wedding registry just like a slam dunk. As you know, here on Schmanners, we love sports. Zola is both a slam dunk and a grand slam. That is not where I thought slam. you were going to go with What did you think I was going to say? I thought you were going to say we love weddings. We well, love we love that too, weddings. but mostly we love sports. This is a triple play and a hat trick and a soccer goal. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so here's the thing. Zola takes the stress out of wedding planning with free wedding websites, your dream wedding registry, and affordable save-the-dates and invitations, and easy-to-use planning tools. It's like an all-in-one or most-in-one stop. one-stop shop. Yes, yes. And that's the thing. Listen, Teresa and I have gotten married. We did it. We did it. And there's a lot of moving pieces. There sure are. There's a lot of, like, big decisions to make, but also a lot of, like, individual, like, what are we going to do about this and this and this? So why not? And a not- site like Zola really walks you through it. Um, yes. Because they have pretty much everything in one place, and it's very easy to navigate. You can do your registry. You can do your invitations. You can do all your RSVPs, like yes. all of that stuff in one place, which will make your experience less stressful and more enjoyable. And listen, trust us, that's what you want. Less stressful, more enjoyable. You heard it here first. So 
Start your free wedding website and also get $50 off your, your registry on Zola. So go to zola.com slash schmanners. One more time. That's zola.com slash schmanners. Well, Alexis, we got big news. Uh-oh. Season one, done. It's over. Season two, coming at you hot. Three years after. <laughs> three right season three one. Now. Technically right. almost four years. All right. And now, listen, here at Can I Pet Your Dog, the Smash yes. It podcast, our seasons run for three and a half years. <laughs> and then at season two, we come at you with new hot co-hosts named you. Hi, I'm Alexis. <laughs> uh, field trip. Dog tech. Yeah. Dog news. Dog news. Celebrity guests. Oh, big shots. Will not let them talk about their resume. Nope. Only yeah, the dogs. Only the dogs. I mean, if ever you were going to get into Can I Pet Your Dog. Now's the time. Get in here every Tuesday at MaximumFun.org. Hi, I'm Joe Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we're the hosts of Dr. Game Show, which is a podcast where we play games submitted by listeners regardless of quality or content with in-studio guests and callers from all over the world. And you can win a custom a magnet. A custom magnet. Subscribe now to make sure you get our next episode. What's an example of a game, Manolo? Pokemon or medication. How do you play that? You have to guess if something's a Pokemon name or a Medi- medication. medication. First-time listener, if you want to listen to episode highlights and also know how to participate follow dr game show on facebook instagram and twitter we'd love to hear from you it's really fun for the whole family we'll be every other wednesday starting march 13th and we're coming to max fun snorlax pokemon yes nice okay we got some questions here once again as you might imagine lots of uh lots of questions oh yeah on this one on the family vacation this is from uh i'm gonna say gazi Sure. How do you politely ask to be alone for a bit on longer vacations? This is, I would say, probably the question we got the most. Yeah. Um, And and listen, yes, there's something that happens where, like, you can all be in your house at home and, like, in different rooms, and that's fine. And then you go somewhere, and now it's weird to be in different rooms, right? Because, like, the whole point is supposed to be family times now so, that's not something i ever felt until i joined your family because my true. family it's very common for us all to be in the house in separate rooms doing our thing even and, on vacation oh, yeah totally even on vacation i have memories of uh like my older sister would be out on the balcony reading and uh my mom would take uh, my younger sister and I to the pool. And, and your then, dad would be out wrestling sharks. <laughs> no, he he would probably be uh, like maybe grocery shopping or just kind of walking the grounds or whatever, like surveying his lands. <laughs> um, I would say probably this is one of those circumstances where I think explicitly say what you need. If you say like, hey, I'm going to go lay down for a bit. Like, I think the inclination would be like, maybe I should sneak off. But when mm. you sneak off. People will come looking People for come you. People come looking. But if you say like, "Hey, I'm just I'm I'm gonna go read by myself for a little bit," right? It doesn't have to be a big explanation. I don't think you have to say like, "Because I need some time alone," right? Because yeah. I think that that's something that's very easily to infer offense into, as opposed to what you need, which is I need to go read by myself for a little bit. I think also one of the things that has really helped our family vacation experiences is planning out the day to have together time and to have separate time yes expectation helps so much travis is really good 
at making a kind of schedule where we do things where it says we're going to meet here at this time to go down to the beach, uh-huh. right? And then there's some beach time and it kind of tapers off. And then we say we're going to have lunch in the kitchen at this time, right? So there I might... I mean, I don't get that great. And then we'll all go to the bathroom no. at this time. But, but you know what I mean. Yes. Where there's like a meeting time. Yeah. So that way it's like if you want to come come and if you don't you don't but everyone has the option right everyone knows what's going to be happening or what we hope to happen um but they're kind of i like it when you make the itinerary kind of open-ended so mm-hmm. like people can go beach as long as they want to and then maybe go back to the house and hang out and do something else until lunch yeah right Gazi also asked about like how do you not go to things like that people want to do like if they want to go shopping and you don't I think the answer is to say like well I'm going to pass on shopping but I'll meet you all later there for dinner or whatever Absolutely. right so then it's like okay cool we know what's up we know where everyone's going to be and we'll meet up later right I think it's all about expectation mm-hmm. because this is the other thing right sometimes it's very easy if someone goes no I don't really want to go shopping that then you say Oh, it'll be fun because you want everyone to participate and have fun. Where if you say, hey, rather than shopping, you know what I want to do? I would love to just sit by the pool and read my book, right? Oh, okay. They'll have fun doing that. Right. As opposed to feeling like, because as a person who makes itinerary, I said, we're going to go shopping. And someone's like, I don't want to go shopping. I would then feel like, well, now I need to think of something else that everyone wants to do. As opposed to you saying, what I want to do is sit by the pool and read my book. And now I know, oh, that's what they want to do. Or, you know, like you said earlier, where it's like, I'm not going to join in on this one, but I'll see you guys. I'll catch you guys later for this other one. Uh, this is from, let's see, from Nick. My, uh, my whole family is sharing a beach house this year. Half of us don't drink for religious reasons and the other half do. My sister asks us not to drink in front of her kids, but staying together makes that hard. Can I politely say that I'm still going to drink on my vacation? I think that there's probably a compromise here. Like, is it just... Here's what I think you need to follow up question with your sister. Is it that your sister does not want you or anyone to be inebriated around the kids? Or is it just that the sister doesn't want the kids to see someone drinking? Yeah, I think that's a good clarification to ask You could use a, a cup or glass or whatever that makes it you know, hard to discern what you are drinking. Right. And probably be fine. But if it's like, I don't want my kids around drunk people, I think that that is, A, perfectly reasonable, um, if that's what their deal is. And B, once again, you could say, I will not get drunk around your kids. Right? Like, there's a difference between me having a beer versus, like, slamming eight shots of Jose Cuervo or whatever. But once again, I think that, Rather, I, if if it is an important question to you, right, I think it is worth follow-up questions. And if your sister is adamant about it, then I think you need to, uh, uh, I think you need to agree to that. Here's another idea. Um, find out what activities the children will be with everyone. That's also a good call. Right? Mm-hmm. So if there are times where, you know, we're all going out to dinner or we're all going to the beach, maybe those are times where you could abstain mm. and still make your sister happy. But then if there are times where people are splitting off or it's like just chill time after dinner, 
then that might be a time where you could enjoy a drink because you're not interacting directly with the children. Uh, this is from Scotty. How do you maintain a schedule of activities while simultaneously allowing your family to make suggestions once you have arrived? It seems like a tightrope situation. All right. Lean in, Scotty. Here's Travis. <laughs> Here is the thing. Let me tell you something that will make vacations so much better or for you. Or has made our Has vacations. made ours. This is my life hack. Unless it's something that you've invested money in. Like, right, if you bought, say, bought tickets to an amusement park and they each cost you like 100 bucks or whatever, right? If there is something that you planned on doing that when the time comes to do it, it does. it's no longer conducive, don't do it. <laughs> right? Because there's a fit, like, you paid $10 for a tour or something, right? And on the day you're supposed to go to the tour, everyone seems like, yeah, you know what? Everyone's tired and sunburned. Now and that we've reached it, it, you'll have more fun not doing it than you will making everyone do a thing they don't want to do. I believe that's called a schlep. Yeah. So just call and cancel. <laughs> right? Like that's the, this is the thing is when it comes down to it, this is, I always got into this mindset of the fun of vacation comes from doing the things you planned on doing. When actually the fun of vacation is having fun on vacation. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to it, the decision to make in the moment is not what is on the plan, but what will be the most fun thing to do here. Um, and that so also uh, another thing I have taken to doing that I might suggest is to have one tent pole plan for the day. Like we're going to go check out this arcade on this day or whatever. We're going to go mini golfing on Friday. And then the rest of the day is question mark. Right. So that way, if you get there and someone's like, Ooh, I just saw this thing for, you know, a horse show or whatever. Okay, cool. Let's do that after lunch. Right. Like also Travis is really good about stacking plans. So like on the first day, everybody's gung-ho and we're going to have so much fun and do other things. Maybe you plan three things that day. But as the trip goes on, people get tired. People, you know, start to relax a little more. They want to spend more time kind of lounging. So you plan less activities as the the week or whatever goes on because... it keeps it so that we're not, like I said, schlepping to things. Yes. Listen, day one, when you arrive, you just want to plan dinner. Maybe the dinner is at the place you're staying. Maybe you go somewhere. I don't know. Day two, everyone's ready to go. That's where you're going to plan a big event in the morning. Then lunch, maybe a nap, if you all are nappers. And then maybe two small events in the evening and dinner. Okay. Then day, t- <laughs> day three. Okay. You okay. don't have to stack a whole vacation. Day three, for us. nothing in the morning. Nothing in the morning. That's let's relax time. Let's do whatever we want time. But then, mm-hmm. e- okay. Yeah. Um, here is another question. Uh, let's see. This is uh, from Study Blade. What if everyone but one or two members of the family want to go to a certain restaurant? Should those who don't want that type of food, food go to another restaurant? Should they do what they want because vacation or stick with the family unit? Uh, so if, if let's say it's eight people, six of them want to go for Mexican, two are, would rather have like burgers, right? I think you you have two completely viable options. What I would do is say, well, what if we go to Mexican tonight and burgers tomorrow, right? Sure. Or 
you can say, cool, well, how about we go there and you go there and then we meet up for dessert at this ice cream place, right? Or Both of those good options. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Once again, being together, if being together means people being unhappy, if doing your own thing separately means people being happy, I always endorse the happy option. And I think that this goes actually hand in hand with the stacking activities idea. Like you said, for the second day, everybody's super like jazzed to go, right? So maybe that's a good day for the compromise of today. For lunch, we'll do Mexican. For dinner, we'll do burgers, right? But towards the end, when people maybe are tired or they're, you know, missing their own bed or something like that, maybe that's a good day for you to split off and do your own thing. And listen, there's always Cheesecake Factory. They They have have everything. everything. That is a good last day of dinner, like last day dinner with a big family because there's something for literally everyone, by which I mean everyone in the world could order one thing and they would still be leftover things. (laughs) Um, But also like... Options, you know, but not just options at, of like restaurants, but if someone's like, oh, I don't want to go to that place, maybe have them look at the menu because it might be they'd be surprised what's on the menu. So I always share menus rather than just saying the name of the place. I pull up the menu on yeah. the phone and say, is there something here you'd want to eat? Yeah. Um, This is from Mateus. Mateus. Matthias, Matthias, I'm sorry, you even spelled it out in your username. Who has the rightful domain over the aux cord? Now, I assume here you mean like as you're driving there or just like when you're there listening to stuff? The person driving. The person driving. We've talked about this. uh, Within reason. For our car manners. Right. So um, I think that it's about time limits. Right. Yes. And because I could listen to podcasts the whole way there. I I like listening to people talk while I'm driving because it makes me not pay attention to how long the drive is taking. Where if I listen to music, it's like there have been 30 songs playing. It's been forever. I'm more of a song person. Uh, I like to listen to the music and just kind of, you know, bop and chill. But so what we normally do is uh, the driver gets to pick first. So the driver says, okay, I'm going to do blank check or whatever. Yes, I love blank check <laughs> podcast. Blank check Highly podcast. recommend. Um, I'm going to listen to that. And then if we maybe stop for lunch or for gas, that's when it's a very natural time to switch to something. I would so also recommend. I would say at that point, that's when maybe the co-pilot, uh, the first mate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. The navigator should chime in a little bit and say we've been listening to podcasts for a while can we switch to music for a few hours i also recommend start with music and then as everyone starts to fall asleep in the car drift off and do their own thing because that's the thing when you're a driver you can't do that you can't start reading a book you can't pull out you know nintendo switch and play once everybody starts to do their own thing maybe an hour in that's where like hey is it cool if you're all listening to your own things now and playing on your phones it's cool if i switch to podcasts also also in a perfect world you can find a perfect bullseye that is right in the middle of what everyone wants. I highly recommend, if you're looking for like an audiobook that everyone will love, the uh, basically anything by John Hodgman, but start at the beginning, uh, areas of my expertise, listen through, even Vacation Land, 
He has a great reading voice. There's funny guests on it. The book is entertaining without having to be something that you pay super careful, close attention to. So everyone can kind of zone in and out of it as they're doing their own thing. And the books are just really good. They're really good books. Yes. And if you're really into audiobooks, um, Travis has made me listen to a lot of Poirot. Poirot. So good. <laughs> but you do have to pay a little more attention to that. Also, we just listened to this one that was Stephen Fry's uh, Secrets of the Victorian Era. I think yeah. it was like through Audible. So it was more like individual episodes, but really well produced. Really he good also soundscapes. has a good reading voice. Yes. And very interesting. Like, I, if you're, li- okay, if you're listening to Schmanners. You would be interested in the secrets of the Victorian era, era as read by uh, Stephen Fry on Audible. Some of them are adult content. Yes, they do give warnings at the beginning. So, like, I would say 10 and under, maybe when we had none of them are super risque, but uh, maybe more 13, maybe PG 13, some episodes, but they will tell you on each episode, like, if there is a warning at the beginning of it. Uh, this is from Mars. When is it okay to bring a significant... Oh, okay. Mars, I promise we'll answer this question, but you have just reminded me that I promised we'd talk about Teresa and mine's first vacation. So ah, yes. we've been dating, uh, I would say about nine months at that point. Yeah, so we've been living together for six. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we went to Sandusky, Ohio, uh, where Cedar Point is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we went to Cedar Point, which was great. But It we- was very hot. So I think that we only did like... Up until lunch, right? We did what we do best, which is to go early and leave early. That's right. So we got there right when the bar opened, and we left at 2.30, and we'd done everything we wanted to do. Yeah. And we also had the plan of, like, we'll leave and get lunch and come back. So we didn't, like, have lunch at noon. And then time kept yeah. passing, and we're like, well, we're not going to stay longer, so we'll just wait to have lunch. So by the time we left, we were starving. So and we went to, like, a buffet restaurant and just <laughs> gorged. <laughs> Uh, and then I believe we went back to our hotel and slept yeah. for the rest of the day. Um, and, you know, chilled. But then we also, Travis and I are kind of... Um, nerds. Nerds. And so we also went to, there's a carousel museum there. Yeah. Where you get to ride an original carousel. And it's so fast. It's so fast. I couldn't believe how, like, he has, we have a picture of me holding on like white knuckling yes on this carousel horse you never think of a carousel as a thrill ride but y'all this thing went like 20 miles an hour it, it was so booked. fast uh and we also went to right by there there was i think it's lime village yeah there's a historical park um that has several outbuildings and a and main you can house tour the village and tour the house and a and costumed and, tour and, and listen, like we said nerds, nerds loved it highly recommend that was our first family vacation together um, so, this is from Mars. When is it okay to bring a significant other on a family vacation? When your family says it's okay. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I think that this is one of those circumstances where it needs to be discussed with the family before, before you discuss yeah. with the significant other. Because there are many factors that play into this that have nothing to do with how your family feels about your significant other, right? How much space is there? Additional cost of like tickets, plane tickets, uh, amusement park tickets, food cost, um, you know, all of that stuff. And like, will they share a room with you? Do they need their own space? Like there's lots of discussion to happen here. Um, lots of logistics. Right. Yeah. And so 
try not to take it as an affront to your significant other if the answer is no we only have so much budgeted we uh even if they paid their own way we'd still have to you know rent a bigger car because we don't have enough room for them like all this kind of stuff my advice is if if you would like to start bringing your significant other along on family vacations find a short one like a weekend trip rather than like we're going on a week and a half you know european vacation right and plan it yourself right so that you plan the the weekend trip and say me and my SO are going to a cabin. Yes. We would love for our family to come. Or, or even if you, you know, maybe are still living with your family and don't have the means to do it on your own or you're too young to do it, say like, I would like us all to go on a trip so that you can get to know sure. them, right? So that way, the purpose of the trip is them getting comfortable going on the trip. Because that's the thing. It's like... And not, not like a clinger on situation. Right. That's the thing is I... I I, especially as a parent now, and this isn't like a, my daughter won't date. I don't care. This is more of a, I like to make plans <laughs> thing where it's like, you're adding a new element in that adds an element of chaos to this that I don't know how to plan around. Mm -hmm. And a little bit of easing in to get us more comfortable like, oh, okay, cool. We can plan around this. We can figure this out. Right. And I think that's true of bringing a best friend, bringing a significant other, whatever, you know, in anything that's like, but I don't know how that will go. I don't know. Maybe we have different ideas of how vacation is meant to be spent. Like, yeah, sure. There's lots of different things. I think the easing in is the way to go. Now we're about to wrap up, but Teresa, you said you had some do's and don'ts. Did Is there anything we haven't hit yet? Well, I think the the big thing that we haven't hit is wherever you go, there are usually people of authority who are happy to offer assistance. Mm -hmm. Don't don't forget that you can ask the concierge at a hotel. You can ask there might be a ranger station. If, even if it's just like your Airbnb, you can ask the owner of the exactly. Airbnb. Exactly. Take advantage of the people that uh, are knowledgeable around you to help make your vacation good. Um, Which includes the internet. Includes That's the internet, too. One of the, my, I, when we leave, uh, even when we're here in Cincinnati, I rely so heavily upon Yelp that it is silly. I think my two most visited websites when we travel are Yelp and Atlas Obscura. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, do take advantage of those people. They are there to help you. Um, and, you know, if nothing else, if you stop at a rest stop, they usually have that, that wall of brochures. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to peruse. See something that maybe you wouldn't have seen. I think that one point we did that. Did we do that in Sandusky? We yeah, that's how we found Lime Village. That's how we found Lime Village. We stopped at a rest stop and we were like, oh, hey, look at this. And there was like an Amish place and there's like all kinds of cool stuff yes. that we would never have known if we hadn't kind of tried to uh, broaden our horizons. I mean, two of the things I when we were on My Brother, My Brother, Me Tour, we went to the Wisconsin Dells because we saw like road, side a road signs sign. A road sign. And we were like, like we're going to go there. Okay. <laughs> Justin and I were sitting in the front two seats and Justin and I were just like, yeah, like we're going there. <laughs> Okay. And so we're like, yeah, we need to stop for gas. <laughs> uh, and then that also happened two years ago when we went on vacation with Justin and the Smurls, uh, which is my favorite band. And 
we ended up going to the pirate pirates voyage was that it it was like a stunt pirate yeah. dinner show and it was just like there are signs sure and then it, it was great we had a great time buttercup is now in my lap giving me gentle kisses that is true so i would say yes i agree say yes to doing weird fun things on vacation and i also would like to give a, a shout out to our uh, research assistant alex um who amassed so much more research than I could ask for. Oh, butter, oh okay. Buttercup is moving the microphone okay. now. All right. Here we go. Um, and, in fact, gave me an idea for another one. Let's do a vacation part two with camping. Okay, cool. And Not, not next week. Next, not week. next week, you will get to hear our episode on Bob Ross uh, that we recorded in Nashville. And then we'll probably have to skip the next week. But then, or... Then you'll hear the camping. Then we'll skip a week. Okay, okay cool. Got great. it. Um, and I would like to, one of the, the little tidbits that she, uh, she found was that Stalin actually outlawed the book The Grapes of Wrath in Russia because he didn't want his people to realize that even the poorest of Americans could still own a car. Well, there you go. Okay. Uh, so that's going to do it. Thank you, Alex. Uh, also, thank you, Maximum Fun, our podcast home. Go check out MaximumFun.org to find out all the other amazing shows there. Uh, speaking of websites, TravisMacroy.com is beautiful and revamped. Thank you, Eric Inlow, for your work on it. And thank you, Alex Flanders, for your work on it. Uh, if you go there, you will also find my San Diego Comic-Con 2000. 2019 schedule um and you know a bunch of other cool stuff uh if you are a fan of the cincinnati underground society shows uh you can get a lifetime membership there which also includes i don't know what that is i've never heard of that exactly you'll also find some bonus swag if you get that membership um and you can go to macroy.family uh click on tours to see where we're going to be for the book show uh the adventure zone book comes out book two of the adventure zone graphic novel comes out i believe july 17th that's like in six days <laughs> so you should go pre-order it theadventurezonecomic.com it's so good i'm so proud of it you're gonna love it there it is we're also always dropping merch so check yeah. that out too uh, but please come to the book show, especially if you're in L.A. Please come to the L.A. book show. We need to sell more tickets to that. Uh, <laughs> and I'll see you at San Diego. And you can also go to McRoy.family and click on tours to find out where else we're going to be. Uh, McRoyMerch.com. Check that out. What am I forgetting? Uh, we always thank Brent, Brentlefloss Black, for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Also, thank you to Kayla M. Wasso for our Twitter thumbnail art. And our Twitter handle is Schmanner, at Schmanner's cast. Um, and that's where we get a lot of our uh, questions for our episodes. But if you would like to submit a topic, please email us uh, schmannerscast at gmail.com. Um, also, thank you to the newly christened Bruja Betty Pinup Photography, former Keeley Weiss Photography, for our uh, cover banner of our fan-run Facebook group called Schmanners Fanners. Go ahead and join that group if you like to give and get others uh, schmannerly advice from other fans. Uh, but don't submit topics because it's very hard to search and find. So submit those topics to the email. Uh, and that's going to do it for us. So join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners, Schmanners. Get it.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.